Today's episode of the Power Company Podcast is brought to you by you. Hey, everybody. Chris here. Just a couple of notes on today's episode. First off, it's going to be a long one, so strap in and enjoy the ride. And second, you're going to want to stick around after it seems like the conversation might be over because we reached out to Ben Moon and got his opinions on our conversation. Enjoy. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. On my life, I've been the devil's advocate. I've been the devil's advocate. I've been the devil's advocate. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton, and I will be on the con side of today's conversation. And I am Nathan Drolet, and I'll be on the pro side of the conversation today. Today's devil's advocate topic, the moon board. About the moon board. Nate, do you want to tell people what the moon board is? Specifically the people who don't have Instagram, Facebook, or any friends? Yes. Yeah. If you don't have (laughs) any sort of social media, then maybe it's possible you don't know what it is. Um, So the moon board is a fixed wall. It's 40 degrees overhanging and all of the holds on it are numbered and arrowed for specific degrees so that every single person in the world who uses it can set all the holds in the exact same orientation as each other um, and in the exact same position. That way there can be a global community that uses the board. And how does the global community know what everyone else is doing? I think Instagram. (laughs) Hashtags. Um, So there's an app that goes along with it. uh, And with the app, you can upload your own problems and everyone else can upload their problems. So you can go through, set filters so that you can filter through the problems. Uh, And you can share your problems in your list with friends. Uh, And so even if you are climbing by yourself, you can still use other people's problems and yeah. So yeah, more or less I, kind of climb with your friends. Yeah. And I talked to Moon recently and they said that the current set, because they they change the, the set ever so often, mm-hmm. has over 4,000 problems set by around 1,000 setters. And right now there's close to 8,000 active app users. That's pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. I wouldn't have guessed quite that many. But. Mm-hmm. And I guess as far as... Uh, some things go. So the app is relatively new. I'd say it's maybe only a year or a year and a half old. Yeah, that sounds about right. Something like that. In the past, there were, I believe, three sets and people would just kind of alternate over time and uh, you would just have to like print out the problems more or less. Right. So it's really nice. The app now, they've completely gotten rid of the original three sets and there is just one set that everyone uses now. And does that change yearly? Do you know? They haven't changed it yet. Since the app, it's been the exact same. Okay. Uh, so I don't know when they're going to change it. Uh, okay. But yeah. And so now it's one solid one, one solid set. And it's kind of nice because a lot of people would have to like print out giant binders with all the problems printed out. And this makes it really nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the moon board. Yeah. And uh, I, I also talked to Ben about, 
you know, some specific advances they were going to make, like where they're going next. I was curious what he was going to do from here. Mm -hmm. And uh, he told me that they are going to be changing the set and it will fill all 198 hold placements on the board. So there's no open holes like there are now. Okay. Is that like, I mean, that's what, another like 50 holds or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to include a new range of 50 resin holds as well as 30 to 40 wooden holds. Oh, wow. Is what he told me. So I don't know why they're mixing it up, but Mm -hmm. they are. Um, He's also working on, which I think this part is kind of cool, even though I'm on the con side of the argument today, (laughs) um, on a strength and fitness assessment tool so that you can assess yourself on the moon board Mm -hmm. and working on an interval timer for the LED system that comes with the board, which we haven't even talked about yet. Yeah, which is actually pretty cool. Um, It's an LED system. There are little uh, LED lights that sit uh, maybe two inches under, well, no, probably about four inches under every T-nut. But with the hold, it looks like it's about maybe two inches under every single hold. Yeah. And I got to say, first time I saw a video, I was like, ah, this is just a stupid gimmick. Like, it seemed really silly. (laughs) And then the first time I actually used one, it's pretty rad. Um, Just to be able to, like, swipe through the problems really fast and, like, have the LEDs immediately sync. So the way the LED system works is it's synced through Bluetooth from your phone to the board itself. Right, right. And the way the interval timer is going to work is that, as I understand it, is that you can set the intervals. So if you want the problem to change to another specific problem every minute or whatever, it can switch the problem and just automatically highlight it for you. Nice. So moonboarding for dummies. That's what it is. And it is nice because that's one thing that can be tough. You get pretty quick at when you've used the moonboard a lot, like looking over the boulders and memorizing which holds are which, because there's obviously no tape. Um, but it is really nice having the LED lights so you can just go to a new problem instead of having to sit there and memorize which holds or have a friend yell them at you. Yep. You know, there's lights right below them. So makes yep. it a little quicker. And <clears throat> yeah, what I thought was definitely really gimmicky to start, I was pretty impressed with. Oh, cool. I haven't used the LED system, so that's, that's cool to hear that. Uh, they're also working on a 25 degree board. I don't know if it's going to be a separate board or just a separate set or if it's going to be the same set just at 25 degrees and they have different grades for every problem. But I do think it's interesting that they're switching the, the board degree. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it makes sense. Not every boulder in the world is 40 degrees. Yeah, it's true. Like two of them actually like two. No, <laughs> most routes are not. No, definitely not. And you guys may have seen this out there on the interwebs. Um, but there is a new freestanding moon board that has hit the airwaves and it's powder coated steel frame. And then it's the same moon board set up with LEDs. Uh, you can switch it from 40 degrees, which is the standard angle or 25 degrees, which is going to be one of the new angles. And that one costs, uh, I can't even read this big number. <laughs> it's uh with pads. It's $12,642. And without pads, $8,960. That's pre-shipping. And I don't know how much shipping of a powder-coated steel-framed moonboard costs, but it's got to be a little bit. But it's a really cool idea. So Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested to see where that one goes. For sure. 
And that um that one can shift between the 25 and the 40, correct? Yeah. Yep. That one can go just to those two degrees. I don't think it can be in between. So I didn't see that, but yes. Yeah. Just yeah. the 40 and the 25 is how I understand it. How many moon boards would you guess are in the U.S.? I think I nerdy know the answer. Um, Did I tell you the answer? I you told have. me, but I'll tell you my initial guess, I think, was around 300. Yeah. That's about what I would have guessed, too, three to 400. Uh, ben says that based on hold sold, there are over 1,000 moon boards in the U.S. right now. So, Which is crazy to think so about. There's a lot of you guys out there. Yeah. And hopefully you're all listening to this episode. Right now. <laughs> Personal experience. A couple years ago, maybe three years ago, I spent about six months training on a moon board. I was training on it one day a week. Specifically, I wanted to get better at tic-tac-y, straightforward crimp climbing. Mm -hmm. Hard tension moves, small tweaky holds, and this seemed like a great tool for it. Yeah. So that's what I focused on. One day a week, I would go into the gym, warm up. Um, I would typically warm up for maybe like 30 minutes or so on the moon board using the hold sets A and B, which are like kind of larger holds, um, uh-huh. fairly positive. And then I'd set a timer for an hour. And for that one hour, I would just session hard on only the original holds, which are like the small yellow ones. Right. Um, really tweaky, but kind of in a way that feels similar to climbing outside. And I would just only climb on that set. And then that's, then I'd cool down and that would be my one session for the week. Um, this was back before the app existed. So the only problems I had access to were ones that were printed out in a binder. So right, right. maybe had access to, I, there were a lot of problems at the time, but I think we maybe had a hundred in the book Gotcha. Uh, that we had. Where so, was that board at? Uh, that was at High Point Climbing and Fitness in Chattanooga. Okay. Um, I didn't not, realize they had one that long ago. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's not where I've always trained, but at the time I was doing some restaurant work and uh, I could only train early in the mornings. And so I was climbing at that gym and that's also what, spurred me to start climbing on the moon board was they had it at this gym and so that's where i started climbing okay cool Um, but and then you've climbed on it since then i have uh yeah i've climbed on it since since the app has come out and so i've gotten to kind of experience that and it was kind of neat too i got to go back before the app even before the app came out um, I got to keep climbing on it over the last, like the next year afterwards. And I could come back and check out the boulders I had trained on. And so there, it was kind of nice having a check-in spot, yeah. like a metric yep. of sorts to be able to say like, okay, like, well, this boulder was really hard for me last year, but it feels easier now. And this one, like I used to be able to circuit every day as a warm up, and now it's like, oh, kind of strenuous. Mm-hmm. So it's cool kind of having like a preset thing. Um, that's so, going- so even before the app, it was the board you were training on was at the same set, like the same wall configuration that ended up being the one for the app. No, it was, this was still before the app came out. Okay. So I trained on it and then it was like the full next year later, which which was still before the app came out. Oh, got you. So it would have been like two years ago. I got to do that. Uh, And then even since the app came out, like I've got, I trained a little bit on that when it first came out. And then a full year later. So just recently I got to climb on it again and it was kind of neat getting to check in and still have like, you know, somewhat permanent boulders to try. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't really happen indoors. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to have in your training. But yeah, so that's more or less my experience on it. Um, Yeah. I really want to just get better at straightforward crimp boulders and 
So that's what I used it for. Yeah, my my experience is much much less than that. Um, I, I initially looked into getting a moon board for the engine room when I was building it mm-hmm. uh, six years ago, I guess, uh, five years ago, something like that, and wasn't able to get a hold of one. And I actually reached out to Moon's U.S. rep, and he told me there was almost no way to get it at that point. Wait, to get um, the holds? Or? The holds. Okay. Yeah. That, that they just didn't have them, and it was hard to get a hold of them over here. So mm. so I abandoned that idea. And we didn't have quite the space, and we were trying to work out how to fit it in if we did. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't really come up with what the best option was to shorten the board, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So we abandoned that idea. And then since it got more popular, I've climbed on it just a tiny bit here and there. Um, and it always felt like something that I needed to be in shape for. <laughs> like like climbing on the moon board was its own special thing. And if I was in shape to climb, you know, thuggy roof climbing, I could get on the moon board and get nowhere in a session because it was just too hard. Mm-hmm. So, so I haven't spent a ton of time on it. Um, and just haven't had one at my disposal because since it started to get really popular, I've been traveling a ton. So, but I have climbed in that same system of permanent boulders that you can climb on over a long period of time. And I really do like that system. So I've spent a lot of time with that. Topic number one, the moon board's effectiveness as a training tool. All right. Hit Hit me with your first one. First one is that it's simple. Uh, and it's easier to focus on the basics. So a big okay. beef that I have with gym climbing is a lot of times, I won't say things are over overly complicated, but mm-hmm. every single boulder might have like three toe hooks and four heel hooks sure. and all these different things. It's a lot of trickery, which I mean, it's really good to have those skills, but it's not that often that you just have in the gym, straightforward, hard pulling, like you're just towing down and you're just moving between the holds. Um, a lot of times there's always some sort of trick to it. And holds are very large and bulbous, so you can like get bicycles and all these weird things. Yep. Uh, and I really liked it on the moon board. The way it climbs is, you know, you have, you know, start holds, handful of holds, and every time you move up, like your footholds are only the base at the kicker, like the kicker board at the very bottom. And after that, you're tracking feet. So you're very limited on hands and feet. And it's just a matter of like pulling hard between holds. So it's very simple. Like I really like that you get to just break down and just move between holds. And it's not like, oh, well, I just didn't see this inverted drop knee Egyptian bicycle. Right, right. Yeah, I could see that. And the, you know, the current gyms are definitely moving more and more toward like World Cup style setting. Mm -hmm. and Which is a ton of fun. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, I, I have zero problem with it as its own thing. Uh, but it doesn't really set you up very well for hard crimping up a steep boulder. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I could see that. I, I I think I like the simplicity of it as well. But, you know, in response to that, I think that its, it's simplicity is sort of part of its problem because it, you know, while someone like you who's really aware of what they're doing while they climb and can can focus on doing a move a specific way rather than just the easiest way to do it to learn 
most people are just going to jump from hold to hold or stay on the big starting feet as for as long as they can and then just jump to the next hold you know so i think it's sort of it's simplicity sort of rewards being really really jumpy and you know i don't know that that's the the best way to train so that's my that's my beef with its simplicity and that is fair. That's actually one thing that I do have a little bit of an issue with. Um, and it's tough. It depends just on like, I guess how strong your fingers are and like how hard you're climbing. Yeah. One issue I ran into is, uh, everything that's, I won't say everything, but like a lot of the boulders that are seven C and harder. So V nine man, for the most part, if you're staying on not the original holds, but the other two sets, it's just jumping. Like, I mean, I'm right. only five, seven, but I've got a pretty wide wingspan and man, it, like that's one of the main reasons I only started climbing on the yellow holds was because the other ones just felt like jumping for every single move. And I feel like, yeah, if you're climbing in a commercial gym in the U in the United States, like you're pretty good at jumping to good holds. Like right. that's just the common setting style. Um, yep. Yeah. I'm definitely in the minority that jumping is not easy for me. <laughs> so, you know, and the people who love jumping aren't getting a whole lot out of the, the jumpy problems on the moon board, mm -hmm. you know? So, and one other issue I have with its simplicity and is that it's maybe too simple. There are no slopers, you know, even though the website claims slopers, <laughs> there really aren't any slopers. There are some slopey holds, but I definitely wouldn't call them slopers, mm -hmm. you know, so I have an issue with that for sure as a complete training tool. Yes. Yeah. As a well-rounded complete training tool for everything. I think that's a fair statement. Yep. Um, yeah. So you want me to just keep going through my bullets here? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my next one is that it's, you can have unchanging long-term projects. You can have metric boulders. And also this is an interesting one, uh, that comes from a guy trained metric circuits. So okay. explain. Um, so that's more, <clears throat> he was doing a variation on four by fours where you're using very, very hard boulders and very long rest times. Uh, and he, it was kind of cool for him to be able to say, oh, I could link like these four V8s back to back with, you know, only five to 10 seconds of rest in between, you know, that's where I was at the beginning of the season. And then at the end of the season, I could take them all up a number and do harder boulders or like, you know, okay, gotcha. And by doing that, he could know like, oh, well, if my route outside has like four back to back V6s, if I can do four back to back V8s on this, like I'm going to go out and crush it. So mm -hmm. it's kind of neat. Like that was just a second little thing, but yeah, like I really like the idea of yeah having long-term projects or long-term things you can come back to in the gym and look at because not everyone has access to climbing outside in good weather year round. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree completely that having access to training boulders for a long period of time is hugely important, you know, and I wrote about this, on the blog a long time ago concerning the, uh, what was the problem that Daniel Woods did at cats, the, the bubble wrap, the bubble wrap project. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, talking about the importance of the bubble wrap project and, and because of that, I love spaces like cats that is just, you know, littered with holds problems everywhere, just a binder of problems or whatever, you know, in this case it's an app. Um, so I like that. I don't think it has to be on a moon board though. I think it can be 
you know, it can be any wall and any holds. And, and if you set it up with other holds, you can have a wider variety. So I agree with you on the concept for sure. Mm -hmm. I just don't think the moon board is the best tool for that specific idea. Okay. What you would be like, let's say someone's, someone's at home. They're like, Hey, I want to build a home wall and I want to have all my own holds. And they just decide they're going to build something ground up blank slate. What would you recommend? Uh, I think it would be different for every person. Just really depends on oh, that's fair. Yeah, what, what their, their goals are. And yeah. What their goals are and their strengths and weaknesses, uh, you know, and if their weaknesses are jumps to crimps, then, you know, build yourself a moon board mm-hmm. for sure. Um, if you're really good at jumps to cramps and you want to spray about it on a moon board, then do that too. But it's not going to help you nearly as much. So, you know, that's that's my thought. Okay. Um, all right. So the next one I have is that the board is really short, which I really mm-hmm. like. And so yep. it forces you to focus on really brief, difficult sequences. Like even the really long moon board boulders are like maybe six moves long, but right. a lot of them are you know, four and five moves long. Um, this kind of goes back to commercial gyms in the United States. Like, man, walls are just getting, getting bigger so bigger. tall. Yeah. Yeah. Scary tall. Yeah. Like 16 <clears throat> feet. That's messed up, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you're climbing these little mini routes in the gym a lot of the time, just these huge power endurance line where every single move is roughly as hard as the last one. Right. And so it's kind of cool to have this where it's just like four piss hard moves and like, yeah. And all, also, they're just a lot of times kind of awkward. Yep. Um, especially the old sets. Like now that like people are um, uploading their own, like they're getting a little more ergonomical, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. Kind of like the awkward tweaky things. Yeah. Um, you would. Yeah. Well, it's good. <laughs> I mean, it forces you into things you wouldn't normally do. But uh, okay. Yeah, I'm just a fan that it is something short and difficult. Yep. I agree. I think that's a really good thing about it. I'm glad it's not bigger than it is. Um, size wise anyway, cause it's plenty big enough on Instagram, but yeah, I'm, I, I really like the short, difficult part of it. Um, I have heard from, you know, I talked to a, a bunch of our mutual friends who've spent a lot of time on moon boards, um, or around them. And, and one of the complaints I have heard most often is that especially with the current set, a lot of the problems start sitting and on fairly large holds so that by the time your two moves in or a move in, you can high step up to a big foothold and then kind of ride the foothold through the problem, mm-hmm. you know, so you're no longer doing really hard foot movements or holding small feet with your, with your feet. So that would be, you know, it's, it's shortness with it starting on big holds sort of creates that situation. So, yeah, no, and that's totally fair. That is actually one of my criticisms of it is that, man, all the holds are fairly positive. Um, yeah. They might be facing the wrong way, but even right. if they're facing the wrong way, you can smear on top of them and it's not a bad foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they are very positive, like big holds. And if you're strong with your legs and you're really good at just like driving through your legs, it sig- makes the boulder significantly easier. Yeah, um, gotcha. Also, can be tough. Like, so there's a base kicker board. I think it's maybe a foot tall at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. And then when you're climbing, because it's that's an open set of feet, you don't get another foothold till the start hold. So if your start hold's not another like three feet, 
above those, right. there's this massive three foot gap yep. of, you know, you paddle up your hands as far as you can go while reaching on the, f- the kicker board, hold the swing, hold a swing or do a jump. And yep. then you're like tagging the start hold, which sometimes is a jug. It's not often, it's not unoften that it's a fairly decent hold. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's a completely fair criticism that there aren't really like bad, small footholds yep. Yep. on the board. Cool. Um, yeah, and that's more or less what I have. Uh, otherwise, I have uh, that there are lots of options. I mean, 4,000 boulders. Yeah, that's I'm, pretty huge. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if I feel like that's a pro or a con. But yep. uh, I have a lot of the moves board. are going to end up similar. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I do think that, you know, having that variety is pretty pretty amazing, really. Yeah. It, if nothing else, it is very impressive. Yeah. Um, so we, we covered one of mine for sure that it lends itself to a particular style. Um, but also I think that, you know, and this is sort of a, a complaint with the led system and with the, you know, being fed boulder problems all the time. And, and this is a problem with commercial gyms as well, in my opinion, unless they just have a, a wall littered with holds that you can make up your own problems on is that a really important part of deliberate practice and learning any skill is building mental representations of how those skills work, you know? And if you never really have to experiment with beta because it's just essentially fed to you, Mm -hmm. then you, you're never going to build those mental representations. You know, it's almost not quite, Okay, yeah, it's not even almost, but it's sort of somewhat similar to having the the spray lord in the gym who tries to give you the beta every time you step on the wall, you know? So I definitely have that beef with it, that it's these four holds, you're going to do it this way, you've already done a similar move off of this hold to the one right next to the one you're going to now, so you kind of always know the beta. Well, that's fair. Um, I I will say this, though, where I feel like it falls short on root reading and beta finding that's where i actually think it shines to a degree because i think i I like to think of it as kind of a constructive constraint like by eliminating searching for beta you say okay like i have this one hand i have this one foot and i'm going to that hold how do i position myself and my body and how do i regulate my tension and all of that to get to the next move so it really distills jump Every time, jump (laughs) and post it to Instagram. No, no, I I totally get what you're saying. Uh, But, I mean, that said, it's like you, I mean, you kind of nailed it though. Like a lot of these moves, you can just blindly jump through. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're not thinking about it, you can just approach it like a campus board really. And then it's like, I mean, at that point, are you training or Mm -hmm. are you climbing? Like, Yeah, and the whole, you know, I agree with what you said. I hadn't really thought of it like that um, as a, constructive constraint but maybe it's a constructive constraint for people at a specific level like after you're already a you know v8 climber or something you can start to focus on these things but below that level and that's totally a random level off the top of my head for sure yeah but below that you've still got a ton more to gain from learning new movements and learning to memorize beta and figure out beta and things like that, you know, figure out those things on your own. And, you know, V8 is probably a little far along. It's probably more like the V6 level. You could get some real benefit from 
just focusing on the difficulty and not so much on figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's definitely a skill to being overwhelmed by beta and options and being mm-hmm. able to simplify from there and say like, yep. okay, I've seen this work before. I've seen this work before these two options. Like, I don't know if they'll work, but I'll try them out. And then the rest I know shouldn't work. Uh, being able to do that kind of thing. Like that's very much a skill, especially when climbing outside. Cause it is, <clears throat> you know, especially with footholds, you know, and just like very minute options you normally have a ton of options to choose from yep and it's a matter of like okay what will work and like i'll test what might work and yeah knowing what will and what won't and what's worth even trying out that's i think it's a very valuable skill yep yep so Um, probably i think what we're saying there is that it's a really good physical training tool in that respect mm -hmm. but if you're still in those early stages of learning about beta and movement then maybe it's not the best thing. And, you know, at that point, maybe you can't even use it, really. There aren't there aren't very many easy boulders on the moonboard. I think the easiest one is V3-ish. Yeah. Something like that. <clears throat> um, yeah. Okay. And my, my final con for the moonboard as a training tool is sort of a beef with the app. Um, and and the way it's being used in that topping boulders out is still just climbing. And I think that having the app and being able to search for the boulders that you can do, which is frankly what most people are doing. They want success. They want to be able to post it to Instagram. They look for things they can do. They film themselves doing it. At that point, you're not necessarily training anymore. You know, once you can do a boulder, most people aren't being aware enough and focusing on the details of what they're doing while they're climbing for it to be training. Then it's just climbing. And honestly, any wall is a poor substitute for just climbing. Um, That's not a knock on the moonboard at all. That's just a knock on thinking that you're going climbing when you're going to the climbing gym. Um. I guess I have a question on how you're using the word training. Would you like, do you view the moon board more for training or for practice? Either way. I think it, I'm using the word sort of interchangeably right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that either way, if you're just topping boulders out, then that's not necessarily, it's definitely not physical training. And for most people, it's not going to be practice either. Um, so, yeah, I mean that's that's completely fair. I think that's just mm-hmm. uh, like that's actually one of my things I have written down because I wrote pros and cons just because. But um, when it comes down to it, it's a tool. Like, yep, yeah, totally. You know, it doesn't make you instantly a better climber um, or anything like that. Um, yep. It is what you make it to be. Like, if you're a person who just goes in into the gym and you just like to climb volume, you're going to get on this board and you say, Oh cool. 4,000 boulders. Like I'm just going to keep doing like 20 new boulders a day. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be no different than if you did that on a regular wall or outside or whatever, like same thing, people who only like to project, they never actually have volume. They only try two, three things. Um, actually one thing that I think it can be detrimental for, um, if people aren't aware of it, are the people who will try something hard and they say, ah, oh, that's too difficult. I'm going to do something else. And they can just keep swiping through boulders till they find something right, in their style. Right, yep. 
Um, <laughs> it's funny, a buddy of mine, Jeremy, told me the other day. So last time I was in Chattanooga, we were talking and he was like, yeah, I want to try and do all the V8s on mm-hmm. the app. And at the time, when he first started, there were 400. And when he hit 250, which he was doing them fairly quickly, when he hit 250, there were 404 left. <laughs> and he was just like, bump this, I'm going yep. V9. He could do it forever. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's endless. And so the thing is, you could very easily just keep going through and be like, oh, no, this mm-hmm. is difficult. Like because they have to try hard, but it's not going to make you, they could be things that you're not actually going to grow from, or you actually yep. have to like focus on or be intentional with, because there are so many. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's something I hadn't really thought about that I also think is, you know, a, a knock against it. Um, and you basically just laid it out, but I've had this issue with commercial gyms as well, who change their setting really often. It's a great idea for your clientele to get new boulders Mm -hmm. that keeps people coming back in, but it also traps people at a specific grade a lot of times where they, they come in, there are all these new boulders this week and they spend their nights climbing all the V6s because that's the highest level they can do in a session and they climb them all and then they come back the next week and there's a whole new wall with all new V6s and they go session all those for the night and then they come back the next week and it's the same thing over and over and over. Oh yeah, I've seen this everywhere. Like yeah. in weekly turnovers, pretty cool. Like, I mean. Yeah, it, yeah, I have no issue with it other than if you you can get trapped in it. Yes, it's very easy to, I mean, because yeah, you want to go climb on new boulders. Like yeah. why not? Yeah. Um, and that's something I actually caught myself doing uh this was years ago when i was still living in chattanooga full um all the time and i would actually just start skipping sets yeah um because i was training at tba and they would set weekly and i would have i'd be like okay i've got like my projects on the 45 degree wall so when they would set the next wall i would go in and like for my warm-ups i would do those boulders and like slowly work up but i would then go back and project the 45 degree wall and then when the like two weeks later when the next wall got set i would work on that yeah, because yeah, otherwise I would just. Yeah, I did I, something really similar hmm. in the gym. Uh, same thing. I, and it's great because everyone migrates over to the new wall, and you're left at the old wall by yourself, and you get it's all all for you. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. You could very easily get trapped in a grade in the moonboard mm-hmm. for eternity. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, and I, you know, obviously, just because it's easy to do that doesn't mean it like forces anyone into that. I just think it's, you know it's a pothole to be aware of. Like, it's like, yep. okay, like, the, you know, I'm not going to allow myself to only climb on things that look great to me. Like, it might even be like, oh, like first I'm going to do like three boulders that look awful. I look at this and I'm like, God, this is terrible. And then like, you know, I have a fun boulder. I'm like, yes, I'm going to flash this boulder. Perfect. Yep, yep. exactly. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's definitely a valid tool. Um, but like any other tool, you can definitely use it incorrectly. So let's go ahead and take a break. All right. What's up, everybody? Chris here. Pardon the interruption. I'll keep this short and sweet. Since this podcast started taking off and we've been growing it, you guys have been asking how you can help out. I've got three ways for you. Number one, you can become a patron. That just means you give a monthly donation to the podcast, a dollar and up, and you get something in return. And you can check out what those rewards are at patreon.com slash Podcast. Best of all, we'll keep it sponsor and commercial free for you. Number two, you can rate us and review us on iTunes. I know it's a pain in the ass to go to iTunes and do all that, but it really helps us out. 
At least that's what I'm told by the podcast powers that be. And number three, perhaps the easiest way and the best way to help us out is to share us on your social medias. Anytime you see us post up a new podcast, please share it with your friends. Tag people who will really appreciate it or who need to hear the advice that we're giving. All right. Thank you, guys. And back to the show. Topic number two, pros and cons of the moon board for the home user. All right. Um, So I'll go ahead and start with the pros. First off, uh, the community. Just if you're climbing alone, like... Climbing loan stuff and the fact that you can have that community support is pretty awesome or maybe not support, but just the fact that you can have all these different boulders to cycle through. Um, yep. Yeah, I think that's pretty amazing. That is pretty cool, unless you're like me and you don't like people. Um, no, actually, I really do think that's a really cool part of it. And I hadn't given that part nearly as much credit until I was recently talking to uh, Jay Wu. Um, one of the guys in the shrine crew over in salt lake mm-hmm. and uh he was talking about how they all share their moonboard problems and joe kinder was jumping in with them and sharing moonboard problems back and forth from california and nice. just that they would all get so psyched on it and that's a really cool aspect of it i hadn't really thought about i think because the moonboards that i had seen were like tucked away in the middle of nowhere you know where all those folks just climb with each other and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like they're their own little entities and there isn't going to be any sharing with the outside world anyway. So that's kind of how I had seen it. So yeah, I think you're right. Begrudgingly. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my second one, this is simply from practical standpoint of having your own home wall. It's a simple decision. Um, and I think you can kind of have that, opinion of it's good enough so like a lot of times you know if you're looking at how earlier i mentioned what would you put on a wall Um, for a lot of people it's like okay if i'm setting my own wall what angle should it be at what hold should i use should i use different companies what kind of grips and it becomes overwhelming to the point to where even when you have you could have a beautiful amazing wall and you're the whole time you can be like but could i make it better like if you're always think like second guessing things like you're not going to worry about your training as much. Like you're like, Oh, but what should I be getting like the new technique pinches or maybe, you know, some kingdom holds. I don't know, but this is nice because you're just like, Hey, it's going to work. Like I can just put this up. I don't have to think about that anymore. Like it is just checking a box. Yep. I, I think you're right there. And I hadn't really thought about that too much either. Largely because I'm definitely a DIY kind of guy, you know, and mm-hmm. I like to make my own choices and, and honestly, and one of my bullet points goes to this, that it's, you know, definitely a little bit expensive, um, you know, and maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe that expense is they're taking all the decision making out of it. So maybe that's part of it. But for me, the fact that it's a little over $800 just to get the holds here mm-hmm. to the U.S. is that's a little much for me. So, yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, and uh, my last bullet point on this one is that you don't have to set your own boulders. Like, I yep. think that's really important, uh, especially what ha- I feel like happens to a lot of people, and I've been a root setter for a long time, like off and on, and I can say that whenever I was setting boulders for myself, even if I thought I was setting things that were outside of my style, 
it would be outside of my style in a way that I was comfortable with. Yeah. Like everything always, <clears throat> the footholds were always facing the correct direction. Like, you know, there was nothing tweaky or weird. Everything was oriented in a way that like fit my body very nicely. So even if I thought it was out of my style, like everything fit me beautifully. Like, cause I mean, why would you intentionally set something that feels awkward? Sure. Um, so I think a lot of people end up setting to their strengths, even if they don't realize it. And so they just reinforce what they've already got without really developing anything new. Yep. I think that's certainly true. I think that it's really hard to set outside of your comfort zone. You know, you can get just on the outside edges, but it's really hard to go way out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something I've tried for a long, long time. Um, and we remedied that with a, you know, the wall in the engine room was just holds kind of everywhere. And then, everybody would collaborate and set their own problems really similar to how to how the moon board works you know the holds are put up there they're staying in that configuration you just pick out your path through them you know and and i think that can work as well if you have a few friends uh, who are climbing on your wall with you mm -hmm. both stronger and not as strong um, my one argument with the you know you you don't have to set your own problems so that gets you out of your comfort zone is that I think two things. One is user error because I think <laughs> the people who really want a moon board are the people who really climb in that style, you know, the more jumpy latch holds kind of style. Mm -hmm. And I think that you eventually get used to those holds and that style. And, you know, there's only so many ways you can, do those moves and use those footholds from that angle, you know? So it, you, after six months of climbing on the board, when it stays the same and you're just doing everyone else's problems, you're using all those holds in the same ways over and over and over and over. So if it was, if it was more dense, if there were a lot more holds on the wall and you had a lot more options, I think I'd be happier with it but I think you get used to that style because it's such a specific style pretty quickly. I will agree with that as far as style goes. Uh, and this was something you had mentioned earlier. You were talking about how you feel like you needed to be in moonboard shape to climb on the moonboard. Yeah, totally. Um, it reminds me of campus boarding and that mm -hmm. after a handful of sessions, you really like get back in the groove of campus boarding. You're like, Oh, that's right. Like I remember how to like drive with both hands at the same time and how to like hit engaged and all these things. Yep. Uh, a lot of times moonboarding, I feel like it's very similar in that. Cause yeah, a lot of the holds, um, and this is something, it's one of the reasons that drove me to the moonboard initially. All the holds are like fairly small or not small, but, um, you grab them all as crimps really even like the pinches and like flat edges they all have very positive thumbs so you right. even when you're pinching something your fingers are in a half crimp or like a full crimp position gotcha um, so they're always very you're always grabbing very aggressively it's not that comp not that often that you're fully open handing anything or like yeah or grabbing anything like a sloper really like everything has such a positive thumb so you're really like crimping down crimp pinching super hard um so it is a very specific somewhat narrow style yep. like which at the time that's exactly what i wanted because that's what i want to get better at um but i agree like you know you get good at jumping to positive end cut edges yep totally um yeah that's so that was all my bullet points for positives okay. um 
one of my my probably my biggest negative I already know where you're going with this. against it <laughs> is something I've sort of already mentioned about we thought about it in the engine room is that it for most homeowners it just doesn't fit in their space very well it's a ten and a half foot wall right you know how expensive it is to heat ten and a half foot ceilings <laughs> Oh man, that I hadn't even thought about that. God, how do you keep your moonboard room warm or cool in the summer cool for enough. God's sake? Yeah. How do you keep sending temps in the moonboard room? No, it's, you know, a lot of people have 8-foot tall ceilings and it just doesn't quite fit. Mm-hmm. And I think that leaves us with this quandary that when looking online and reading people's blogs about their moonboards, everyone has tried to solve this in a different way. Mm-hmm. And there really isn't a good way. There's also not a uniform way, which right. is kind of ironic for a uniform board. Right. Exactly. And it is funny too that if you Google Moonboard, the first thing that pops up is maybe, I don't know, like forty online forums of okay. How do I, you how do yeah. you adjust it for the height of a normal house? Yeah. yeah. My walls aren't tall enough. My wife won't let me cut a hole in the ceiling or <laughs> dig out the floor. <laughs> what do I do? But that is what's funny is there's not really like a unified answer. Right. Um, yeah, maybe, I know. On maybe a- we should try and get that. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. I know on Andrew Bisharat's board, he took out one of the foot rows, so he like half the, the kicker board on the bottom, I believe. Uh, I think it was different than that. Maybe that's what he wished he would have done. Yeah, I think that's what he said he wished he would have done. And I he think what he did is he board. scaled the whole thing down slightly. Yes. Which, which surprisingly... And I guess if you think about it hard enough, you would come up with this answer. But initially, you would think, oh, that just makes everything easier. Mm-hmm. But not quite. Sometimes it makes things harder, you know. And so it's tricky because all those grades that are in the app no longer apply. You, you, you have no idea. Sense. Yeah, you have no idea which side of the spectrum you're falling on at this point other than your own intuition and you know that's that's the whole point of what you're trying to get away from here is you want something with unified grades that you can understand yeah so that whole shared experience um i will say also one thing that i really liked um from that bisharat did on his wall was he used the chalkboard paint yep which yep. is nice like it's a nice substitute for the led it's yep one of, one of the guys we work with tyler has done the same thing with his moonboard. yeah i like that so that way yeah. instead of having to use tape or anything you just use chalk yep. so you can mark all your holds really quickly i thought that was a really nice idea yeah i do too i think that's a good idea um that's my biggest gripe i think with the moonboard. i wish they would have scaled it to fit into a normal person's home mm-hmm. um but also if it's you know most home wall users have space and money to build a wall and this is the one they choose um and for me that becomes problematic when the style is so narrow and i know it sounds like i'm harping on the style at this point but not necessarily i think it's more of it's not efficient for the home user because it's just this one limited style you know, so if you're going to a commercial gym as well and you get slopers and you, you know, you get big, powerful, dynamic compression moves and, you know, you also get, you know, tiny little feet that you can climb on, things like that, then great. Put a moon wall at your house. Um, if you're a, you know, if, you, if you're a Chattanooga climber and most of your time is spent on sandstone slopers, 
then the wall you put in your spare room should maybe not be a moon wall. You know, if that's what most of your, if most of your goals revolve around sandstone slopers, then maybe that's not the wall you should be training on. But do you think there's value in climbing on a different style than what oh, you always? Definitely, definitely. If depends on your goals, you know, if, if your goal is to send the orb and you choose to train on the moon board, you may never reach your goal. Or you can just crimp your way through the slopers. I've seen that done. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Maybe Skeletor at horse pens. I could see the orb being done with a moon board training, but mm -hmm. Skeletor might be a little harder. Yeah. yeah um, everything at horse pens might be a little harder. Yeah, Skeletor is just heinous. Um, <laughs> that's really all I got. We also we talked about the price already. I think that's that's a little bit off-putting. Mm -hmm. I think you can order some really great, you know, for about the same price, you can get tensions, wood holds, you know, and those are going to be much friendlier on your skin. And, you know, they're just really, really nice holds. And you can get a full set, a full wall set of those for the same price you can get the moon holds for. So, yeah. And I mean, you know, especially depending on what your normal schedule looks like. I mean, skin's really important. Yeah. I know, especially climbing on only the original holds up until mm, a week ago. I had only ever <laughs> split a tip once in my entire life. Before you went a little too far with drying agents. Yeah, I went a little yeah. too hard uh, with antihydral. And uh, yeah, I'd only ever split a, split a tip, like my actual pad once. I've split seams before, but those are just, they kind of happen. Um, and it was on a moon board. Yeah. Uh, really? Projecting a Ben Moon 6C, which is roughly V5. Oh, see what you did, Ben. Yeah. Um, it was, I know, I don't think I ever sent it either. Um, <laughs> well, just, just for your future reference, the power company podcast has an episode with rhino skin and you should go listen to that. I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, they are sharp. And so by having yep. more comfortable holds or you can file your holds down, I know that's something you always did for the engine room. Yep. Yep. Um, so it might be worth filing yep. them down. And just yeah. Sand them. off the sharpness. Mm-hmm making them a little more climbable. Yep. And you like sharp holds, so. Yeah, I love them normally. Yeah, not me, man. Topic number three, pros and cons of the trending popularity. Hashtag moonboard. Um, first off, and you already kind of mentioned this, people are psyched on it, man. Yeah, they are. Like, They're so psyched on it. Yeah. I mean. I wish there were a way on Instagram to block certain hashtags. Because uh, I would definitely block hashtag moonboard. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's awesome that people are stoked on it. Mm -hmm. I just don't really care what you're bouldering on inside. So I'm a little sick of it. That's fair. But <laughs> it keeps people psyched. And there's a lot of people who live in shitty places who just can't yeah. climb outside. And man, no if, doubt. if you're staying psyched and healthy and amped to train, get after it. Yeah. Um, I can't. I really can't argue with that. I mean... It's been, it's been really fun watching training kind of blow up. Um, when I first started the blog about training, it just wasn't very popular. And, you know, it's gotten more and more and more popular. And, I mean, I, you know, Ben's helping me, essentially. I mean, that's how we're making our living. So, mm -hmm. you know, him helping training get more popular is just helping us. So, yeah, I really can't argue that there's anything wrong with it being popular. 
Um, all right, so number two that I have, and this one's a little bit of a, a dig to get it, to make this happen, but... Um, <laughs> You're reaching already. Huh? Yeah. Um, the other two are better. Um, so the next one, <laughs> videotaping yourself. A lot of people don't do this, and it's oh, actually really beneficial. Shit, there's a pro to that? I know. Um, I hadn't even thought of this. So obviously, like, there are three different ways that people learn, kinesthetically, visually, and audit. Aud- audibly audibly i don't know why that was hard um so kinesthetically like obviously you know if you go through a move and you say okay i now understand i now feel it like these are people who might do really well with power spots right. or simulating right. a move with a bigger foot different hands something like that yep once they can feel it they're like okay i can replicate this mm-hmm. then audibly you know if someone says hey like keep your hips in or like really get your hips over your ankle or like pull down hard with that your pulling hand you know, they respond well to that. But some yep. people are really great visual learners. And I've realized that I'm actually one of them. So for me, I can if I watch someone else do a move, I can almost always replicate it. Yeah. Or even more importantly, if I have video of myself climbing, I can pick apart things so much faster than just naturally feeling it or hearing someone else say something. Um, and uh, I can't believe I'm even saying it, but yeah, so all these people <laughs> posting videos of themselves climbing on Instagram, uh, they have to watch shit. themselves climb and they're just... Yeah, they're like, oh, wow, I, you, you know, you're actually like picking apart what you're doing because you want to look like you're climbing better. You want you want to climb better. So that's what I got. It's actually a pro somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I could see it as a pro that way, specifically for people videoing themselves and then rewatching it to analyze their own performance if they're doing that. Mm-hmm. I think most people just post it up and then watch how many times it's been viewed. I think yeah. that's more important. Um, but I think there is something of an issue that I have with the ability to have essentially beta videos for your indoor <laughs> training problems. I, I see mean, nothing ridiculous about that. <laughs> I mean, I get it for outdoor climbing. If you want to get something done fast, you go. I mean, I was I was at the fucking aircraft carrier the other day. Had to walk out on top. Searching, to get I walked up on top <laughs> to look for a video for Kat and Kate, so they could know exactly how to set the knee bar and which hand movements to make, because my method didn't work for them. And so I walked to the top of the damn cliff to get service <laughs> so I could watch the video and shout beta down to them below. I'm going to have to give them so much shit now. <laughs> they didn't mention this at all. <laughs> that was awesome. But so I get it in that situation. I don't think I like it for indoors in a training or practice environment because then it becomes performing. And I think performing is not exactly the opposite of training, but it's pretty damn close. It's definitely on one really far end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like I'd say it's on the opposite end of the spectrum as practice. Yep. Um, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I guess I hadn't really thought about that as much. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, it's completely fair. Um, I, you know, I think, yeah, you should have a practice mindset with these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that was my kind of shenanigans one. So, Next one I've got, I actually really like this one. It was uh, from talking with Juliet Hammer, who was here recently. You yep. recorded the podcast with her. Yep. Um, so she had mentioned she was using the moon board. So I grilled her about it so that I could have some ammo for this. 
And so she's tiny. Well, I think maybe five foot even. Yeah. Um, she's, she's a little thing. Yeah. Fairly powerful with, climber. With all the powers. Yeah. But she was saying one thing she loved about it is that as a small female, she could go on Instagram, find other small females. Yeah. And then she could message them and say, hey, send me your project list or like send me your oh, list yeah, of. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Of things that like you've done successfully so that she could have things. Because so like, she doesn't have to go through all the things that are just way too reachy. Yeah, 4,000 boulders. And I mean, yeah. the thing is like, I have so much respect for small females in climbing. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Especially most, this season here in Waco, shit. Yeah. There's so many little girls just crushing everything, including all my hopes and dreams. Yes. <laughs> but it's awesome. Like they're, to me, they're some of the most creative climbers because they have to be. Like mm-hmm. they don't have the option of just thugging through things. So they, they're yep. so creative and man, so tenacious. It's been awesome, especially yeah, this season, getting to see so many of these women out here. And man, they pick like fucked up hard boulders and yeah. it, they'll be like, you know, one day they crush a V9. They're like, I'm going to go project that V6 for the next three days. Cause I know that's not my style. It's going to make me better. And I'm yeah. just like, fuck that. That yeah, sounds hard. That's, that's something I'm really impressed by, by these girls around here is that, you know, like cat for instance, mm-hmm. does a V11 and you know, in her own, cynical way downgrades it to v5 yeah <laughs> and but then we'll go and claim that the v4 is impossible but mm-hmm. she'll spend days and days on the v4 trying to make it work yeah you know figure out a way to get through the gigantic move that she just can't possibly span so yeah it's pretty cool i just skip those things and call them bullshit <laughs> yeah, like no, the thing's stupid probably broke <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I'm wearing the wrong shoes. My skin's bad. Your skin is bad. But yeah, so like so many small females are so tenacious when it comes to climbing. So I feel like a lot of times they could get stuck, especially on something like this. They're like, well, it's a full span reach, but I'm going to figure out how to do it. So I think it's cool for them to be able to say, like find other women be like, oh, you're five foot as well. And you were able to do this move. Cool. Like that's inspiring. I'm going to try this. And I know it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Damn you, Juliet Hammer. Yes. <laughs> For giving that one to Nate. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that. And then my last one is, uh, kind of goes with what I've said in the past. Um, yeah, we'll just leave it on that. It kind of goes with the whole uh, staying sight. Okay. Just the idea that like, um, I wrote on this faith like, if you know that it works for other people, you're like, Hey, like I can check this box. Like I know that I'm going to get stronger on this. Like, yep. and you can just kind of confidently move forward. Yep. I think there's a lot to like being able to trust the system. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, yeah. I think that, you know, for me, part of the trend and the, this new popularity for the moon board and for training I see tons of people posting the moon board is the ultimate training tool. You know, all you need is a moon board. You'll get stronger. You know, all these like these crazy claims mm-hmm. and they're all totally untrue. And I think that the people who are getting some of not all the people, but some of the people who are getting psyched about training and want to go do it on the moon board, just think that, if I climb on a moon board, I'm training mm-hmm. because that's what they're seeing everywhere. Yeah. You know, everybody's training on a moon board and it looks exactly like going climbing in the gym. 
It looks just like it in all these videos. So why would anyone think that it needs to be something different? And I don't think that climbing in the gym and training are identical things. I think they're different. So I think the moonboard can be a good training tool, but I think that the trend might be hurting its chances as a training tool because people see it as a popular thing to do to go top out boulders on it. Mm-hmm. And that's not training. So I definitely have that beef with it. And you know, I'm, I'm a cynical dude anyway, so I have that beef with anything that's popular. So take that with a grain of salt, but that's how I see it. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, that's, it's kind of like what I said earlier. That's my big beef is it's a tool. Um, if you, yep. you know, you, just because you're climbing on the moon board doesn't mean you're all of a sudden going to be doing something amazing that's beneficial to your climbing. Like, you know, if you take the same mentality, the same type of approach to the moon board that you do with everything else, like it's just going to be the same as everything else on a different angle and different holds. Yep. For sure. So, yeah. One of my other beefs is, uh, the grade thing. Um, grades are confusing enough Mm-hmm. outside and I, I just had a I just recorded a conversation last night with John Sherman and we got into a grade debate that got a little bit heated <laughs> um, and I basically I, I didn't basically I did outright accuse him of ruining climbing um, <laughs> and he agreed to some degree but uh, so grades are tough as it is mm-hmm. and to introduce the grading system and the community having the ability to alter those grades that I don't know it's it's hard for me to stomach that whole part of it I'm just not a big fan I mean we have people I climbed this grade outside and this grade on a moon board you know I've heard that so much we've heard it and I don't care I don't care what you climb on a moon board you know it doesn't matter what matters is that you're challenging yourself. So it doesn't really matter what the grade is. Grades can be used as, you know, a, a rough guesstimate of what you should be challenging yourself on. But I think it invites arguing about the grades. And I've seen way too much of it already. You know, so I have an issue with the whole graded problems and people being allowed to mess with those grades. What direction do you think that that's taking things? I don't know, really. It it's just something that doesn't sit well with me. I don't have a <laughs> I don't have a really good way to to alter that. You know, even in the engine room, we used grades, mm-hmm. and I was never comfortable with it. Um, Todd Skinner used to use a system, and I don't remember all of the levels, but it was like hoss and savage and so there were like six levels you know Choss beast and Choss beast yeah that could have yeah. been one um bj could tell i should have i should have reached out to bj and gotten the the levels but those six levels you know had everything in the gym mm-hmm. like, and you would uh, you would put one of those labels on a problem and that's the way it stayed you know there was no arguing about it that's just what it was if it felt different to you it felt different but so what it's just a word it doesn't equate to anything you're doing outside mm-hmm. you know and i think that might be more healthy than 
the arguing about grades. I've seen people get down about them because they've <laughs> bouldered outside, you know, V6, and they get on a moon board and Shit's they fail fucked. on V3. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I fucking suck. Can't believe this, you know. It's a it's a big downer, so. Yeah, uh, I mean, and that's, I totally see where you're coming from on that. And it was interesting. And this could be a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, um, but just specific to the moon board itself, like having climbed on it before the app, um, I think Adam, oh, I wish I would have pulled up Adam Strong's quote on Facebook because he had a little, rant the other day he was just like things aren't the way they used to be everything used to be just like heinous super hard boulders are put up by englishmen who hadn't climbed outside in months because it's been raining every day like and yeah like 6e boulders or like v5 boulders are were heinous like i mean they would take me like four and five sessions yeah um and it was messed up and now it's like now because it is more of a community system like the grades of uh leaned away from that more so and so they're kind of all over the place and so they definitely i think back then like they were consistent just consistently really heinous <laughs> yeah and now they're just kind of like a little more all over the place um so yeah that i guess it does change it a little bit you know the more people you have i guess in one way you could think it would be consensus but in the other way it also creates yeah more it's, it's more argument i think i love the idea of consensus I think that's great if we weren't humans because for some reason humans can't reach that. We just want to argue. It's what we do. Mm -hmm. Or some of us, like me, I love to argue. So I'll argue it even if I believe it. Um, and there's too many of me out there to ever reach consensus. Yeah, and there's also people like me who I'll be like, mm, V10, I don't know, but I'll log it. Oh, I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm logging it every time. If the guidebook says it, I'm logging it. Yeah. If the app says V10, <laughs> I'll moon door V10, done. Um, yeah, I'm not downgrading my proud sends. And I've actually, you know, I know you can search via the app. At least that's what I've heard. I don't know for sure. You can search via the app for the V6s that have been done the most. Yes. So... You know, I think that leads to the same issue you have outside of people number hunting and going out to try to do the softest boulders they can for the grade or the softest routes they can for the grade because they look through the Moonboard app and they're like, oh, everybody's done this V6. I'm going to do this one. And then I'm going to post on Instagram that I just did Moonboard V6, you know, so... I think it leads to the same unhealthy problems that we're plagued with outside. To uh, play devil's advocate. No way. On this one. Um, <laughs> so, for instance, if you look at V10s and Waco tanks on 8A, yep. um, you, what you'll get is... First off, it's too much work on 8A to look up anything. Yeah, so. you actually have to like write your own <laughs> program just to be able to search. Um, you have to email Jens like four or five times. Yeah. Um, get into a forum argument with him. <laughs> and then eventually he'll tell you what the most popular V10s in Waco are. If you set a new world record. If you set a new world record. <laughs> um, but it's, I think the first one's like Fernroof, mm -hmm. which goes anywhere between like V10 and V7. And then it's like power or loaded with power. So like maybe two of the lower end ones. Yep. And after that, it's, I think, power of silence and full service. So it jumps straight to pretty much like the two hardest, but they're right. the most classic. Yep. Um, 
so I, I think the most, the things that are most done, it's not necessarily always the softest. Um, there is definitely a quality aspect. You know, I don't know if that completely reflects over to the moon board, but I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Like if I'm going to be like, okay, which one of these do I want to do? The one that's only been done by like some guy who climbs by himself in his basement and has never like actually touched rock or like the one that 40 other people have done and they all rate it five stars. I don't know if it's the Midwest, then that guy in his basement who never goes outside and never sees other humans is probably the strongest man alive. Yeah. I don't want his V fives. <laughs> <laughs> so huh. yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think it's a, a horrible thing that it's popular. I just think that some unhealthy things can come out of it. And yeah, I will say it's bad that, uh, it clogs my Instagram feed. Yeah. I yeah. know. Like I said, I wish there were a filter. You just filter out all moonboard posts. Not all of them. I, I like the memes. The memes. <laughs> but no, seriously. Um, all right. Do you um, have any more cons on the popularity? Any more cons on the popularity? Yeah. Uh, nope. I think that's it. Other than, uh, do you want the moonboarders to stay off your lawn? Yeah. Stay off, stay off my lawn. Bonus questions. So I've got a few quick rapid fire questions for you do i have to rapid fire answer no you don't uh they're just gonna be <laughs> rapid fire questions but you can answer as slowly as you want okay um all right first if you could seven make, oh no that was too quick i was trying to see if that would be a valid answer it's not <laughs> if you could make a single change to the moon board itself so just the board um what would it be <clears throat> Board, including holds and all of that? Including holds, including all of that. It just can't be like the approach to how you'd climb on it. If I were going to make one change to it, I think my change would be that there would be more variety in the holds. So some some actual slopers, mm -hmm. you know, some more open-handed pinches, um... Yeah, more variety. I think I would keep the holds that are there, add more variety. Yeah, I, that's completely fair. I, that's actually more or less what my exact answer was. Also, we can just skip the pockets on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of against pocket climbing indoors anyways. I've got these like super skinny yep. fingers. So like, yep. I don't know, for me, indoor pockets always feel a little silly. Yeah, I think most people are of the same thought nowadays yeah and you don't I mean, see them in the gym very often yeah and no one touches the pockets on the moon board for the most part like yeah well you know they may use them for feet or like as a bump hold or like every now and then but for the most part they're skipped over i would much rather have slopers or just like big flat edges yep i've seen several instagram posts of a i think it's one problem it's a hard problem and it uses a mono mm -hmm. and Every single time I've seen someone doing that move, I see big names saying, oh, I just avoid that problem. I don't touch that hold, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, all right. So. Next rapid fire question. Yeah, it's totally fair. I will actually say I'll, I would add one other thing. If, okay. if it wasn't changing the holds, it would be adding small footholds in. Oh, yeah. That's good, too. I don't know how the best <clears throat> method would be. But uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the fact that it's just the kicker board at the bottom yeah. and then a giant blank space and then that you're just globbing your feet on these giant and cut edges. Yep. Um, I don't know how this would work with the app, but something we did in the engine room that I really liked was we had a bunch of just small foot jibs mm -hmm. that went up 
you know, a third of the way up the wall, kind of just filling in a bunch of empty spaces. And you could progress the difficulty of problems by problem number one, the easiest version was um, use the feet on the kicker and tracking is allowed mm-hmm. plus the foot jibs. Um, problem number two is only foot jibs, no tracking because the handholds are obviously bigger than the foot jibs. Mm-hmm. And problem number three is only foot jibs, no kicker. Okay. And we actually had two different color of, we had several colors of foot jibs, but we had one set on there that was, I think blue and you could make it even harder by using only blue feet, you know? So, so there were several ways to progress the difficulty of the foot movements of a problem, which I thought was a really cool way to use it. Yeah. No, I hadn't heard of that before. Uh, I do like that. So that would actually, I'll let you have, uh, other holds and I'll take, uh, foot chips of some kind, just back yeah. ones. Yep. Um, so next question, uh, if you only had a moon board to train on, let's say you're a weekend warrior, you sport okay. climb, you're not close enough that you can climb outside on the weekdays. Uh, how would you approach your training? Ooh, damn. I only had a moon board to train on. Yep. Where do I live? Like what's my nearest outdoor? Do I get out on the weekends? I feel like we always say Red River Gorge, so let's go somewhere else. Let's say you live in uh, Colorado. Damn it. Yeah, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> uh, so do I get to go climb outside on the weekends? Yeah, you can go outside and maybe like rifle, maybe, I don't know, shelf if that's a thing worth yeah, let's, doing. Let's, let's talk yeah. rifle. Yeah, let's do rifle. I think I would. I would spend my first cycle... Or my first phase, my first you know month or two months maybe, dialing in all of the problems I could do um, and finding ones that I really liked and really enjoyed um, so that they were uh, a little lower intensity mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I would just get a ton of volume in and learn the style. <clears throat> and then I would start... Oh boy, this is hard off the top of my head. I'm so used to looking at building it on an app now. Um, and then I think I would have alternate days. Maybe I would start with two days a week of really high intensity projecting. Um, and the way I would warm up for that is by using the boulders that I had dialed in earlier in my previous phase and using those for movement practice, um, you know, specifically tension practice. So rather than jumping, I would force myself to try and keep my feet on, um, try and learn to use the footholds that are in funky orientations, you know, cause that's definitely a weakness of mine is, if I don't have a foothold to push down on, if I'm having to pull on it from the side or something like that with my toes, that's a little harder for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would gravitate towards those problems and, you know, just try to learn to use those feet in my warm ups, and then go to really hard limit bouldering. And then I would have probably a day a week where I did a circuit of some sort of the easier problems 
and is that when you would add in kind of the new boulders that uh from the app like the new boulders that are being done or just in general like <clears throat> would you during that week introduce any new boulders i don't know if i would i think i would i think i would limit myself to the new boulders that i learned in my first phase mm, okay and then and then just go into physical training and and deep practice sort of mode for my next couple of phases and then you know take a period of just trying to perform outside with one day a week of training hard bouldering on the moon board and then i'd go back to doing more new boulders maybe switch up my whole dialed in circuit so to speak mm -hmm. okay so what would you do oh um where am i where am i climbing at um let's say you are in don't say moab <laughs> <laughs> you're in vitavu oh god um no I quit rock climbing <laughs> what's another good popular area um that we probably have a lot of people listening in let's say you're uh could also be bouldering yeah it could be bouldering couldn't it Let's go that you're, I mean, you've done this, so let's talk about it. You're a southeastern boulder. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're in the Chattanooga area. You're familiar with that. Yeah. Um, so I guess, so what was different with that was I also was able to climb in the gym and like on regular boulders as right. well. Right. Um, but now you're not. But now I'm not. So you, okay, you work still. a full time job at Amazon where oh, you never see the light of day and don't get to speak to any other humans all day long. All right. Uh, unless they're yelling at you for something. Yeah. And so you're not out in time to go to the gyms. All the gyms are closed when you have free time. So you have to train on your moon board in your damp, cold basement. But except for it's. Paul Corsaro's damn cold basement because that's where I was living this winter and that's where I trained. Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, it sounds oddly familiar. Um, yeah, okay. Um, if I was climbing outside, I guess it would depend on what I want to train for. But, uh, you know, I'm, I've always been a bit, like I've spent so much time in the South that I feel comfortable with like traditional Southern style, like horse pens for me is, has always been like a comfort zone where little rock city, where it's more like hard pulling between edges has been a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, see, so yeah, I'd say I'd honestly stick with what I was doing. Like just try really hard, like straightforward tic tacking crimp moves, really focus on my movement. Yep. Um, with my warmups, I'd circuit on the bigger, bigger holds, probably do the exact same thing. What you said, and this is what I did in the past was, I would have a handful of boulders that I really liked, but they would be more intended as jump boulders. And I would try and see just how spanned I could get. So like really pull hard with my legs, keep toe down in moves that would be harder to keep my feet on the jump for. And I would just right. practice doing those. Like, so that would be my warm up. Yeah. I'd circuit on like really hard crimp boulders, especially cause climbing outside in the South, um, you know, you're on a lot larger holds. It's normally like more circus tricky or like just powerful climbing. Yep. Um, so for me, I would use this not to train for climbing outside there as much as like to make myself more well-rounded. Gotcha. Um, and then when I'm, when climbing outside, depending on the season, when it's like on kind of the shoulder season. So like spring and fall, while it's maybe still a little bit warmer, 
um, just try and get a ton of volume in outside so that I really get comfortable with that style. And then in the winter, just really focus down on uh, what I want to try and send. And one thing I've done in the past with the moon board, and so let's say it is peak season, you know, it's January, it's perfect. Um, the nice thing with the moon board is because all the holds stay the exact same. And there's enough variance in them, like side pulls, down pulls, and it's gridded off evenly enough. You can simulate moves so well on that thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I got you. So if I have a specific move I want to do, I what I like to do is I'll just make a slightly easier version of it. Um, and I'll just like replicate that move and try it a bunch, really like dial in that body positioning. And I don't worry so much about like, oh, well, outside it's a two finger pocket with like a good thumb catch and things like that. It's like, how does my body move through this, right. that space? Yep. Um, yeah, and for me, movement. yeah. Um, for me, those kind of, that kind of training has always been really beneficial as long as I take it low key enough. You know, let's say if I was trying to do the opening move of God module, if I make a move that's even harder, and try it on the moon board all week and then i go on the weekend like i'm just gonna get crushed because i'm gonna be wrecked but if i do something that's easier i can kind of get a feel for it though that would be a really weird one to set um yeah though yeah. if you were gonna set the opening move of god module the moon board it's probably the best simulator for it yeah just smear on the blank wall yeah um so that's <clears throat> that's how i would approach it i would use um just because i'm comfortable with that style already like climbing outside in the southeast um i would use the moon board to continue working my weaknesses and just be really powerful. And then on the weekends, climb a ton of volume in the seasons that aren't peak. So I can build a nice base, just get really comfortable. And then in the peak season, just really focus on what I want to get done. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah. And then, so that was those two, uh, last question. If you could make a single suggestion to people who are climbing on the moon board and to how they should be approaching their climbing, what would it be? <clears throat> I have to narrow this down to one shit. Um, okay. I think that what I would tell people to do is to not, and this, this goes for almost everyone in the gym, but specifically the moon board because it's well, because that's what we're talking about here. And because it definitely does lend itself to a really particular style I would say don't just allow yourself to jump and send boulders. I think if you want to do the boulder that way, if you want to send it, great. Or, Take your video, post it up on the Instagrams, but then go back and force yourself to, to do it better, to keep your feet on. Sometimes jumping is the answer. You know, sometimes that's the way, but you can't know that if that's the way you always do it. You have to go through and learn to do it with body tension, keeping your feet on as best you can before you can make the judgment that cutting your feet is the most efficient, best way to do it. So that's what I would tell people. Don't be satisfied with how you do it the first time and then move on. Instead, try to make it better. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's, you know, something we both uh, argue, or not argue, but we uh, talk a lot about in our clinics. Yeah. Is, you know, the top, we preach it for sure. Yeah, the top isn't always the goal. Like, you're not just right. going for completion points. <clears throat> if you're outside, by all means, completion points. But, yeah, in your training and in your, yeah, in your practice, like, and this is, 
this is what my recommendation would be. Move like you care. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. You know, don't just pull on and like learn, knowing how to try hard is very important. That's a very important skill to have. But if all you ever do is go down, knuckle down, go in, like knuckle down and just jump between edges, like, are you really getting better? And also, I mean, frankly, if your feet can cut on every single hold, like, is it really that hard? Right. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like, it probably feels strenuous and difficult, but I don't know. I don't, yeah, outside, like there aren't that many boulders where I can dead hang every single position on an entire boulder and complete it. Like for me, that was actually a huge, uh, I actually remember when that switch started to happen. Cause for the longest time, like when I would be doing these big moves, I would like, you know, when I first started climbing, I would like go for these moves and I like try and hit a hold and I'd fall. And then I'd be like, Oh, this is ridiculous. Cause I could just like grab the holds and do a pull up on them. Right. I'd be like, you know, I can hang these holds. I just like can't reach up and slap to them. And now it's like, man, there's times a lot of moves. I have to have someone else like boost me into yeah. them just so I can get on the wall and then do the next move. Like, mm the fuck if I can even dead hang these holds, I can barely pull on with like both hands and a foot. Right. Yeah. Um, You have to have all your body tension working just to stay in position. Yeah. 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 And a lot of, yeah, exactly. And like, there's a lot of moves that like I have to climb into them just so that like my, I can recruit that body tension. Yep. Um, So yeah, I think, you know, if you're always just climbing on moves that you can jump between, um, yeah, I just, I don't think that's that applicable. So my recommendation is move like you care. Like, really pay attention to what you're doing. Like do moves that challenge you in different ways. Like you should be doing moves that if your feet cut, you're off. Yep. Totally. And I like that. I think we're going to have to use that phrase, move like you care. I like it. So you guys will be seeing that more and more and more. Maybe clogging up your Instagram feeds. (laughs) Closing statements. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, I think that the, the moon board is a good, tool um i won't argue that it's a bad tool um i think that if it's used as such then it's then it's definitely a really good training tool the problem is that most people aren't using it as such i think most people are just using it due partly to the trending popularity that rewards topping boulders which is performance i think that people are using it as a performance tool and that's not a, a training tool necessarily. And, you know, I think it's a f- really effective tool for the dedicated, focused user. And um, more common, though, I think it's used as a poor substitute for real rock climbing. Um, and I think that you should just go rock climbing more if that's what you're looking for. Um, I'm a real, I'm a fan of the idea, the concept. Um, again, and I'm, I know I sound like I'm harping on this, but it's, it's being destroyed by its own popularity. I think, uh, it, at least it's effectiveness for most people and the need to sell it, which I, I totally understand, you know, hype it up, sell it. I totally get it. I'm, I'm in the same boat sometimes. So I understand the issue. But for me, frankly, I'd rather have a good, you know, a good old Woody with the, just a bunch of random holds and people can come through and set problems and, you know, it's a more intimate thing for me. So I think that's, that's the way I would go. While I'm definitely excited to climb on the moon board some this, you know, this summer and this winter when I'm in Lander, 
there's one in Lander at the Junker's house, and I'm I'm stoked to go over there and climb on it. For me, the Woody will always be the better option, and uh, and real boulders. Man, I can't forget about those. Yeah. So that's my rambling closing thought. All right. Um, How about you? Man, I have, like yeah. When it comes down to it, it's a tool. Like just like anything else, it's only as good as what you put into it. And so I think for a lot of people, it can be really beneficial if they're focused enough. Uh, and that's what it really comes down to. Like if you know what you need to work on, I'm like I think you can really get a ton out of this tool. Uh, yeah, it definitely has its flaws, just about everything will. But I think for a lot of people, it can be really great, especially for people who climb alone or they're very isolated. Or for instance, they just only climb in one area like you know if you only climb in rifle or only climb in smith or the red yep. this is nice because it changed it shows you things that you may not have known like it'll have different types of climbing styles so yeah i think i think it's a work in process and especially i think anything that's moving this fast will always have growing pains but uh, yep. I'm, re- I'm really excited to see where it goes yeah me too i am i am i'm excited to see what he comes up with next and yeah cool all right all right Okay, as I mentioned earlier, I, uh, I took this conversation, I sent it over to Ben Moon, and uh, and then we Skyped in so that I could get Ben's opinions on, on our conversation. Hey, Ben, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I got you. Perfect. Does that sound all right? It does. That's great. How was, uh, how was France? Oh, yeah, it was great. Really good. Oh, yeah, I wish I was still out there. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Weather was good. Uh, yeah, had a couple of rainy days, but, um, yeah, generally it was good. Didn't stop us climbing, so, yeah. Just... Yeah, force you to rest anyway. So, okay, force you to rest, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool. How long were you out there? Like a week? Uh, yeah, weeks? like a nine days in total, so I climbed for about seven days, I think, and a couple of rest days. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's the... That's it's called Saint Leger in uh, Provence, which is yeah. I mean, I climbed there about ten years ago for like a few days, but there's just so much there. It's just like massive. <laughs> oh, cool! Is it mostly steep stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's probably not much easy stuff. It's sort of like um, sort of French, French sort of sevens and above, really. Sort of high sixes and sevens and eights, really. It's good for, um, but yeah, a lot of steep stuff. Big sort of, sort of big caves and tufas and. Well, pretty varied, really. Lots of different stuff, but yeah, generally fairly steep. Yeah, I thought I had seen a bunch of photos that showing that it was pretty steep. Looks, yeah, looks amazing they're all out there. Pretty long as well. So sort of, I think there's some sort of twenty meter routes, but most of it's, you know, twenty to sort of thirty five meters. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Have you just run out of stuff in your home area? Is there is there oh, more for it's you? It's just a bit depressing back here. I mean, it's there's some good <laughs> routes in sport climbing in the UK, but compared to Europe, it's really not got a patch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's stuff to do here, but it's 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 hard and not super good quality mm. um, for me. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely got some unfinished business here. <laughs> oh, good, good. It's good to have that keep you motivated. Are you still in Waco? I am, yeah. Nate had to leave a little early, um, but I'm still here with my fiance and Elisa, and we're here for just a couple more days, and then we're out. We've been here a month and a half, so it's been a good trip. Yeah, get some stuff done. Yeah, this is my first trip to Waco, so it's 
Okay. Well, it's really fun. I've never been much of a boulder, but trying to learn. Yeah. What's it like these days with the sort of guiding stuff? You know, it's not as bad as everybody says. It's yeah. it's pretty simple. And actually, it's pretty empty. You know, there's there's not been a single day that that we didn't have reservations and were turned away. Like every day right. we want to get in, there's plenty of spots to get in. Um, and it's during the week, it's a ghost town around here. So right. it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah. So did you have a chance to listen to the the episode? I did, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's was listening to it all and sort of, yeah, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I want to say stuff. But anyway, yeah, <clears throat> it was good. Okay, um, I got a couple of quick questions for you before we kind of get into the three main topics that Nate and I talked about. Yes. Um, first question what what do you think is the best way for homeowners to kind of scale their board when it doesn't fit? Is there a preferred method? Yeah, I thought you might ask that, and I was just discussing that with a couple of guys who I work with and stuff. I personally think, and it, um, I mean, I like having a bit of a kickboard. So, and yep. well, I just got an email the other day from a woman who wanted to fit it into a nine foot high uh, room. Um, and I just did some simple maths and everything. And I think you, you need to, cause we work in metric over here. I think you need to lose about 41, 50 centimeters off the current moon board. So personally I would uh, chop the kickboard, chop, take 10, 10 centimeters maybe off the kickboard. So that's about six inches, I suppose. Okay. And then I would probably try and work out how much you need to reduce the spacing between each row of um, T-nuts, there's 18 rows of T-nuts on a moon board. I think it would be good to keep all of those 18 rows, yep. but just reduce the spacing. So, for example, if you reduce the spacing by an inch across those 18 rows, you know, you've reduced it by 18, um, 18 inches overall now. Obviously, that's at an angle, so I don't know how that affects the height. It right, presumably right. needs a bit of geometry, but that's what I would do. Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense because if you're coming out with another set of holds that's going to fill the board, then you definitely don't want to lose a row. I don't think you want to lose rows. And, you know, if you lose like, you know, a couple of inches between each rows, it, yeah, it's just going to make the problems a bit easier, but you're still going to have, you know, you're still going to be able to climb the problems, you know, kind of like they were set. I mean, the other thing you could do is you could just tweak the angle a little bit, make it a little bit steeper, maybe make it 45 degrees as opposed to 40 degrees, mm -hmm. 40 degrees, uh, that would gain you a little bit. I mean, uh, uh, the moon board that I've got at the schoolroom is actually on an adjustable winch, uh, and I have played around a little bit with the angle, and because the holds, most of the holds are pretty positive, a few degrees actually doesn't make that much difference um, to the greater, well, to the greater some of the problems anyway. So, yeah, that's what I would do. I would reduce the kickboard and then reduce the spacing and maybe make it a little bit steeper. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good compromise and and i think if you're you know if you're stronger maybe making it steeper is a better option and if you're you know if you're on the lower end of the grades on the moon board then maybe crunching it down a little bit and trying to fit it in at the at the same angle is a better option so yeah yeah that's what i think okay and um a quick question about the new holds that you guys are coming out with um yeah will the next wall set require having all the new holds uh well no um the next the next setup will be um 
so there's obviously 140 holds, existing holds, and there's yeah. 198 um, T-nuts on a moonboard. So the next setup's going to be um, 50 new resin holds, uh, 32 new wooden system board holds, and then the rest, which I think is, I can't remember the mass now, but it, it's about 100, well, it's almost all of the existing 140 holds, I think less about 20. Okay. So the next setup will have the new holds on it? Um, yes, it will, yeah. Okay. And why'd you decide to go partly wood? Um, well, I've been climbing on some wooden, well, we have wooden holds on training boards. We, ever, when we, the first training boards we built, yeah, um, you yeah. know, 20 years ago, I had wooden holds on. And I've just been working on some, a range of wooden holds for the moon board, just because I thought it'd be nice to have a, you know, a, a, a set of wooden holds on the moon board. Mm-hmm. And, well, syst- they're actually system holds, uh, because there's like 16 unique shapes and they've both got their, they've got each got their mirror image. Right, right. Um, but they're a little right. bit different to the sort of system board holds that I've seen out there, which tend to be very sort of geometrical shapes. These are more like climbing holds, okay. uh, resin climbing holds, but they're made out of wood, made out of plywood, um, and they're CNC'd. And they're really nice to climb on. We've had them on, up at the schoolroom for the sort of last six months. So, yeah, just thought it mix it up a little bit. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing those. I really like climbing on wood. Eventually, you know, maybe in a couple of years' time, you know, I could see having an all-wood setup on the moon board. Um, and, uh, but one of the reasons the moon board's working so well at the moment, I think, uh, and why there's like, you know, 5,000 problems on there is because we have that just that one setup. So everyone around the world is working off the same setup right. and adding adding problems to that setup as soon as we start if, if we dilute the setups and have lots of different setups you're just splitting everyone we'll be climbing on different setups and i don't think it'll work so well yeah yeah i agree i i think that's one of the cooler aspects of it is that everyone gets to climb on the same wall and can see what everyone else is doing on the same wall so yeah so we don't want to sort of do things too quickly and you know there's no you know i have a plan to bring out these these new 50 resonals but there's no plan to bring out any more resonals you know i think Okay. Not, not in the near future, anyway. Okay, so it's not going to be like new holds every set that people have to buy? No, definitely not. Okay, cool. That's good to hear. Definitely. Um, one last question before we kind of dive in here. Um, you're having a 25-degree board and a 40-degree board, and the new freestanding wall goes to both angles, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, no, you talked about that. Yeah, so the freestanding one can be set at either 25 or 40, but it has to be, it has to be, it's not an adjustable wall. It has right. to be built either at the 25 or the 40. Oh, okay. So you can't change it between the two. You just keep it at one. You can't change it between, not without taking it down, which is like right. a two person job, you know, um, for half a day or something. So it's not fully adjustable. It's too complicated. Gotcha. So when you come out with the 25 degree moon board, is it going to be the same wall setup as, as the 40 degree board? It would be the same setup, yeah. So, yeah, each problem, existing problem, could be then climbed again at 25 degree. Okay. And then are you going to have, you know, grades adjusted in the app for whichever angle you're grades on? Grades adjusted in the app, exactly, yeah. Okay, cool. I think that'll be a good feature for people. You know, not everybody's outdoor climbing is, is as steep as 40 degrees. Most people's is probably closer to 25, so. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Awesome. Um, you want to dive into the three topics, or do you have any anything else you want to talk about? Um, 
No, not really. I mean, yeah, there was a few things I noticed you mentioned. Well, one of the things was the price of the holds. Okay. Um, I know a few people have commented on that. Um, and uh, I actually think they're really good value for money. Um, you know, they're like $600, approximately about $600 for 140 holds, which is, well, less than $5 per hold, uh, which is probably comparable in price to other holds out there. But the thing with the moonboard holds is that, you know, they're supported by the moonboard and the app and everything. Yeah. So you're getting a lot more than just a basic hold, yet the price of the holds are comparable to, um, you know, other holds out there that, you know, aren't supported by like a database of 5,000 problems. So, yeah, I just wanted to say I thought they're really good value for money. I know shipping is a bit bit high, um, but again, even with the shipping, I still think they actually do represent pretty pretty good value for money. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, I did a price breakdown of a bunch of other companies as well. and with the shipping, it comes in at about the same the same level as a lot of the higher end holds in the U.S. If we were to buy them here, um, so and then you're right, you get you know you get the moon board, you get the community, you get the app, you get all those set problems already. Um, so they do come in about the same um, after shipping. So yeah, I don't I don't think they're a you know I don't think they're a ripoff by any means. No. So I didn't want it to sound like that. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Yeah, but just one other thing, actually. I think um, number of moon boards in the U.S., I, I, did I say 1,000? I thought I said worldwide it was like 1,000 plus. I didn't think I said 1,000 in the U.S. Oh, okay, I might, have been, I might have been confused then. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's 1,000 plus worldwide, not 1,000 in the U.S. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That sounds more like what I would have expected at this point. But, you know, you guys are exploding so who knows they could be all over yeah the no, it's, it's gone well over the past year yeah yeah that's really cool i'm more than anything i'm you know even though i'm definitely averse to having you know the same post on my on my social media feeds all the time which which is a great <laughs> thing for you guys well it's um, nothing to do with me that is it no not at all but people are I mean, loving it so people out there you know so um yeah yeah i mean you got to remember also that I've been doing the moon board for about 10 years now. So, you know, right. it's taken a while to sort of really get going. Yeah. Was it surprising think, to you that it just kind of jumped off recently like that? No, not really. You know, once, you know, once we developed the app and we, we changed, we got, we, you know, we built the new website and we put that new setup, I could see that it was going to make a, a massive difference. You know, just having everyone climbing on the same setup. Initially, we had a lot of people complaining that we had archived all the old setups, but within like a few weeks, you know, obviously people had reset their moon board to the new setup and right. started like climbing problems. And uh, yeah, you know, it's worked really well that. Yeah, you know, one of my one of my initial issues with it was there was no standard setup. Like, if you wanted to climb a specific problem, you might have to reset your wall to the way that set was done, climb through those problems, and then reset your wall again. Yeah, you know, exactly. I like the idea of having it set up the same way for a long time. You know, that's the yeah. that's the style I prefer on a Woody anyway. So, yeah, it works well with the moonboard. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the, yeah one of the good things. I mean, yeah, one other thing I was going to comment on um, was the grades thing. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't do that now or later or whatever. But um, yeah, I was just going to say yeah because you both you discussed the grades um, mm -hmm. 
you. And um, yeah, I mean, all I would say about grades is, and it's the same sort of whether you're training indoors or outdoors. I mean, you might not like or agree, but I do think they are like, you know, a necessity really. Yeah. Um, and particularly on the moon board and with the sort of developments that we're working on. I mean, the grade is basically just an in, sort of a measure of intensity, really. And all training, you know, is about sort of intensity and volume and everything. So, you know, you do need grades on, on, the, on the moon board. And, uh, you know, we've introduced this benchmark, um, benchmark problems, which, you know, are, you know, basically benchmark problems at certain grades, okay. you know, with a view to, to for people be, to be able to use those benchmarks, um, you know, to work out what level they are climbing on the moon board and then, you know, tailor, you know, training programs, moon board training programs based on their, their benchmarks. Um, so, okay, cool. I yeah. wasn't aware that those existed. Can you just, can you look through the app and just find the there's benchmarks? About, there's about 40 benchmark problems um, from 6B plus up to 7C. Okay, um, cool. And they're sort of what we think are sort of benchmarks at the grade. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's good to have. You know, I, I tell all my clients who are climbing outdoors in the areas that I'm familiar with what I think the benchmarks are in those areas that they should, they should go climb those things so that they feel like they can be fairly solid at that grade. Yeah, so. I think so as well. I think that's great. And yeah, like I agree with you. Out climbing out, having benchmarks outside, you know, is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, you, again, you touched on it a little bit in your in your podcast, but uh, yeah, climbing walls obviously they change their their routes every you know four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have any benchmarks at climbing walls right. to measure yourself. And you know what we've had at the, at the schoolroom. You know, we've we've got the same sort of training board that we've had for twenty years. You know, and you know you can use all the problems there as benchmarks to see how you're doing, and uh, you know it's the same with the moonboard now. Um, you know you've got benchmarks on there uh, to you know see how you're progressing and everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a good idea. Um, well, let's dive into this really quick then, and you know we may have talked about some of these things already, but just in case there are you know some things that pop into your head. Um, topic number one was the pros and cons of the moon board as a training tool um you have any notes or thoughts on what nate and i uh, no, i haven't made any notes but okay. i mean yeah all i would say is that um yeah the moon board's kind of based on you know the old training boards that we used to climb on at the school so they're just a very simple flat paneled um bouldering wall with very simple holds on it and you know i personally think that i mean I think that's the best form of sort of strength training really for climbing. And, um, so yeah, I think the moon boards are very effective strength training tool. Yeah. Um, you know, that's probably all I would say about that. I mean, you know, there's lots of, there's lots of ways to train for climbing and there's tons of different equipment and different exercises you can do and everything. But I still think, you know, bouldering, um, is, you know, the best form of training really. Um, and I think, bouldering on something like a moon board, you know, which is fairly basic, is the best form of training, really. Um, you know, a lot of the climbing walls these days, they they go for a sort of a, you know, a comp style problem. Right, uh, there's right. lots of sort of big volumes, um, heel hooks, fun- funky, funky moves and everything, which, I mean, obviously it depends what you're training for, but, you know, personally I'm training to do stuff outside and I, th- I find something like the moon board or those basic training boards more applicable to climbing outside than, 
you know, the comp, comp style problems, really. Yep, yep. And I'm glad you said it, you know, depends on what you're training for. You know, if you're training for the roofs here in Waco that have tons of heel hooks and toe hooks and things like that, then, you know, the moon board's not the most effective tool. But like you said, it's a, it's a tool and it is a really great tool for that specific style, I think. Um, what's your take on slopers, like having big slopers? Uh, the moon board doesn't really have any, so I'm just curious what's your take on yeah, this? Um, I think that would be probably hard to do on the moon board. Um, mm. The new range of 50 olds does have some slopers on it and some pinches and stuff, some really nice ones. But the moon board's only a small training board and I think it's, and it's set at 40 degrees. I think it's going to be, yeah, yeah, a little bit limited maybe for sure. slopers, possibly. Okay. Okay. And that's, you know, I think, honestly, that's something that gyms, especially in the U.S., are setting more and more and more with. You know, I think the the amount of sloper problems in gyms in the U.S. is far above the fingery problems. So, Very cool. So yeah. if you're going to a commercial gym, you get plenty of slopers. Um, and I think you're right. The fingery nature of the moon board is you know, a really great training tool for outside. How does your, how do your training sessions look if you're on a moon board? Is it, you know, how often do you send hard problems versus just work on them? Um, well, to be honest, um, I, I mean, I don't send that many hard problems in training very often. Um, because, uh, well, I am following like a sort of training program and, (laughs) uh, most of the sort of, training I do is like some form of interval training and it'll be below my sort of, um, maximum level. Um, so it's more sort of volume based, I would say. Um, so I'd say the hardest I sort of send on a moon board is probably 70 plus. Um, but I'd say it's more around sort of 70 plus to 70 range. Yeah. And you're training Um, for sport climbing right now. I'm training for sport climbing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What if you were training for bouldering, um, just, just uh, if I was training there. for bouldering, then yeah, I would do a lot more limit bouldering, um, which I don't really sort of do at the moment. Um, I'd, again, I'd still do sort of interval training, but probably maybe like 80% of my max or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'd probably warm up, um, you know, maybe do 10 to 15 warm up problems and then project for, you know, 45 minutes or something uh, and then leave it at that really. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, any other thoughts on it as a as a training device? And I mean, I think you stated your opinion, so. Um, well, I think it's got a lot of potential. Um, I agree. Basically, looking at the sort of developments that we're working on, um, the interval timers um, and the benchmarks and putting that all together into some kind of package, I think could be really beneficial to uh, moonboard users and coaches as well. Um, you know, we're looking, well, we're looking at basically uh, the, the lists feature I think is really nice in the app. So you can create lists of problems. Uh-huh. So they could be benchmark problems or problems at a certain grade. Um, and then you can apply a timer to those problems. So then it will just scroll through those, um, problems. So it's effectively, you know, you're creating like a training routine for yourself um, you know, and I don't see why coaches couldn't create a training routine and then send that to, 
you know, their clients and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I think, think that's a, I think that's going to be a pretty great feature. A lot of, lot of possibilities, really. Yeah. Um, the we kind of talked about the pros and cons for the home user, and you know, you gave us your opinion on the best way to fit it into a smaller area. We talked about the price. Um, let's just, unless you have any thoughts on that, we can move on to the the trending aspect of it. Yeah, let's move on to that. Okay, and we de- we definitely touched on this that you weren't really surprised because you guys were, um, you know, sort of building it in that direction. Um, and I think that's great that you took those steps. I know it it kind of seemed from the outside like it was just sort of languishing there, and no one was was catching on to what this great concept was. Um, keeping up with this trend, are you afraid that it could get watered down at all? Well, no. I mean, I hadn't really considered that until I sort of listened to, to you two speaking. But um, I don't know. I mean, that's just the way of the world, isn't it, now? Sure. I mean, um, the Internet's changed everything, really. Well, it's changed a lot of things in climbing. I mean, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you know, it didn't really exist. But, I mean, if people, you know, people go to Fontainebleau and they want to climb problems, they just look online for sequences and, you know, watch people climb problems. Then they go and do the, you know, do the problems. Um, and, it, you know, it's the same with the moonboard, really, I suppose. It, you know, people are, you know, filming themselves doing problems and then, you know, posting it to Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, it doesn't bother me really. I think it's nice. And, you know, I use, you know, I often look at, um, moonboard, uh, Instagram posts to see how someone's climbed a problem, see if they did it the same way as me or, or whatever. Okay. And you guys don't have any plans to sort of, you know, make it more accessible to the, you know, V1, V2 climber. Not that there's anything with being wrong with being a V1, V2 climber, but I think as a as a more advanced training tool, you know, with limited space, if you started putting big enough holds on there for V1 and V2, you'd end up watering it down. So, just there's curious. no plans for that at the moment. No. Okay, so the new sets are going to be fairly difficult holds as well. Definitely, I would say there's there's a few more bigger holds on there. Definitely. Okay. You know, we made a definitely conscious decision whether that's going to allow problems. Um, below six font six B plus on the moon board. I'm not not sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll certainly help with warming up. I think. Yeah, definitely. I'll be warming up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on the the trend, the popularity of it? I mean, you guys must be working uh, your asses really, off no. over there. No, not really. No, no. Okay. No. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm very happy about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine. I'm not sort of. I don't really sort of feel like I've sort of publicised the moonboard that much. Um, you know, it's just sort of happened naturally, really. Yeah. You know, and I'm psyched about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm psyched for you. I mean, huge congratulations on that. It's. It's cool to see somebody putting a uh, a really valid training tool out there that that people are catching on to the way they are with the moonboard. Um, you did say something early on in our emailing when I told you that, that I was going to be arguing against the moon board, uh, (laughs) in our conversation, you sent me a, a quote to read if we couldn't get you on the podcast and in it, you say the moon board is no silver bullet and should ideally be used in conjunction with other climbing training systems. 
However, if you believe as I do that bouldering on a basic angled training board is the single best thing you can do to improve your climbing level, then building a moon board will be a big step on the road to fulfilling your potential. And I think that's a huge statement. And I think it's great that you didn't say the moon board is the only tool you need just by the moon board, you know, that you said it's just part of a, a bigger system. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I'd like to think I'm a sort of fairly honest, you know, person and, you know, I wouldn't want to sort of mislead anyone about anything. And, yeah, I think, you know, what you just read out there, that I, what I wrote to you, yeah, I stand by that. And, you know, Moonboard isn't like, you know, a silver bullet. But, uh, you know, and, and you know, if you really want to get good at climbing, you need to probably, yeah, well, you need to obviously work very hard, but, you know, follow, follow some kind of uh, structured training program um, you know, and yeah, I do a lot of bouldering, not just on the moon board, you know, I climb at, you know, the foundry climbing wall in Sheffield and, you know, other boards at the schoolroom. Um, you know, I do dead hanging and campus board and, you know, I do some ring stuff. So, you know, I'm doing a lot of different stuff. Um, so, and, you know, they're all good, but, uh, yeah, I probably would say, as I said, already said that I do think bouldering is probably, you know, the single best thing you can do. I mean, it's very time-consuming training, and there is yeah. tons of different stuff out there, tons of different bits of kits you can, you know, train on. And, you know, no one, very few people have the time to do all of those things. So you've got to give up certain things. Um, but the last thing I would probably give up is like sort of hard bouldering on some kind of, you know, flat panel training board like the moon board. I think that's the best you know, best thing you can use really. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And when I was, you know, initially preparing to do this podcast and was coming up with why I was going to be against the moon board, you know, it, it occurred to me that I'm one of the few people out there. I won't say the few people, but I know a lot about training and I can, I can sort of dial down what I need to do and what all is just superfluous things that I don't really need in my training program. But a lot of people out there can't do that. They get tons and tons of information and there are so many different ways to train and so many tools to use for training that, that it just becomes this, you know, impossible sea to wade through. Um, but something like the moon board is, you know, it's a pretty simple tool that, it's tough to really go wrong. You could use it better, I'm sure, but it's tough to go wrong with it. So yeah, I'll definitely concede that. Yeah. I mean, no, I totally agree. I mean, <clears throat> training generally is just incredibly complicated. And like you say, there is a lot of information out there now, way more than there was 20 years ago. And uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, it can be a bit overwhelming at times. Yeah, and some of it's conflicting information, you know? Yeah, exactly. But the yeah. one thing I think everyone agrees on is exactly what you said, that just hard bouldering on a, you know, a few moves at a time, really hard moves, is definitely the the best training you can do. Yeah. It's very versatile as well, bouldering in general, um, you know, as a form of sort of training, because, you know, you can, you know, you can just vary the intensity of what you're doing mm -hmm. and you know that changes everything really so you know it's great for sort of you know strength but you know likewise it's good for strength endurance and even endurance um so yeah yep okay uh any any other points you wanted to make while i've got you on here 
no, I don't think that that's probably about it, really. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, I certainly appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us, and I appreciate all the years of inspiration for training that you've brought to all of us. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, that's the the schoolroom is kind of the the holy grail of training. So I, I love what you guys did there. Yeah, well, thanks for doing this sort of podcast as well. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, thanks for thanks for being on, Ben. I appreciate it. Okay, cheers, Chris. Thanks for listening to this episode of Devil's Advocate from the Power Company Podcast, brought to you by powercompanyclimbing.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And please share us on your social medias. You can find us on the Facebooks, the Pinterest, and the Instagrams. Wait, why are we on Pinterest? But never on the Twitters, because, well... We don't tweet, we scream like eagles.